Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Congratulations for you folks that's when graduating, either from high school or from college or grad school or law school or medical school. Well, you know what? They'll be looking for a job soon. If they're looking for a job, they got to look the part. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. they got a great, great line of clothing for your younger folks. And not necessarily something tailor-made, but also something custom-made. A wide variety of shirts, blouses, skirts, towels, you name it. Not towels, exactly. But you know what I'm talking about. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, there are lots of young adults who experience foster care here in the state of Indiana. And recently, the governor did a ceremonial signing of Senate Enrolled Act 151, uh, which is a win for the 24,000 young people transitioning out of foster care. And joining us on the news line is Maggie Stevenson. She is the president of Foster Services, an organization that works with young folks in foster care. So, Maggie, thank you for joining us. We do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. Uh, Overall, before we talk about the legislation, what is the status of foster care here in Indiana? So foster care in Indiana, uh, we are seeing overall the number of young people, youth, teenagers, and young adults in foster care in Indiana, we're seeing those numbers decrease. However, what we're finding at Foster Success, where we're working specifically with our older foster youth, who we classify as 14 to 26-year-olds who are transitioning out of foster care, we're seeing those numbers are stable, if not increasing a little bit. And um, the number of teens and young adults utilizing the state's collaborative care or extended foster care services has actually increased over the past year or two. So while as a state, we regularly report that the numbers are going down, which is great, we continue to see the need for the support and services specifically for our teens and young adults increasing and the number of youth and young adults in our programs increasing along the way. Um, How easy, difficult is to find foster care for, uh, is it easier for for younger kids? Is it difficult for older children if there are siblings involved? Uh, Help us out with how that process works. Absolutely. So, you know, foster success is not um, managing foster care placements. We're working with young people, um, again, teens and young adults who are already involved in the foster care programs and services. But what we see is that the foster care placements for youth um, or, you know, individuals and um, those with a sibling set, um, it's often easier to place one. Um, A lot of the teens and young adults that we're working with are experiencing foster care in group homes and residential facilities. Although again, those numbers are going down um, because of some really good work that the state's been doing. We still see a number of young people who are spending their teenage years in group facilities and residential foster care facilities. Um, And then some of them in what many people think of as a traditional foster care placement. Um, But finding the placements for our teens is, is tricky and challenging. One of the things I would always hear stories uh, in my uh, younger reporter days was uh, kids sort of being uh, in like in numerous foster care homes and never sort of being in sort of that, that, that permanent place or semi-permanent place so you can get sort of the, the emotional support and financial support and everything that they need to, to become productive adults. Uh, has that changed uh, over time? You know, we're still seeing um, a a good amount of transition amongst the young people we're working with. It's not uncommon, for example, for somebody to come into our programs and have experienced three different placements through high school, or let me rephrase that, having attended three different high schools, um, often because they are changing placements along the way. And so, you know, some young people do find that stability and they find a placement that they're in for several years, but for the teens that we're working 
working with, we're finding that it's still pretty transient and not uncommon for them to have multiple placements um, year over year. Uh, now, if I memory serves me correctly, I thought uh, when when a child is going to be placed in foster care, they try to place them uh, with a responsible adult or parent and usually someone that's related to them to sort of make that transition easier. So I, the first stop, absolutely, if the Department of Child Services finds that they need to remove a child from the home that they're living in, they're absolutely going to try to find um, relatives, family members, close adults who can care for the child. And uh, we refer to that as kinship care. And so it's normally somebody that the child already has a relationship with. And one of the wins that actually came out of the legislative session this year was an increase to funding to support kinship care placements. They're managed differently than what you and I would think of and what most people identify as foster care placements um, for any number of reasons that I won't get into this afternoon. But one of the really good things is that the state has recognized the value in those placements and they have provided space to provide a little bit more financial support when there is a kinship care placement for a young person. Our guest on the program today is Maggie Stevens. She is the head of Foster Services, uh, Foster Foster Success rather. Uh, foster Success is a not-for-profit group that works with uh, young, foster, young foster kids, particularly older foster children, help them sort of transition into adulthood. Uh, Maggie, let's change gears a little bit and talk about uh, what this uh, Enrolled Act does. As Senate Enrolled Act 150 what exactly does it do? Senate Enrolled uh, Act 151, it builds upon work that we did last year. And last year, we were able to work with Senator Kyle Walker and establish the Ensuring Foster Youth Trust Fund. And what that trust fund does is provide a space for uh, state federal and private funding to support the expenses related to young people accessing their driver's license and auto insurance. And so we established the fund last year. We established a new license plate that the revenue from the insuring foster youth license plate will go into this fund. This year we came back. um, We tweaked it a little bit. We provided space for individuals to contribute to this fund and receive a state tax credit. We um, worked on providing some additional resources from the insurance companies to make it a little bit easier for 16, 17-year-olds, and then even 18 and 19-year-olds who are working to get their own insurance policy. Uh, We worked to get increased access for them. Um, And then coupled with the budget bill, um, the House Enrolled Act 1001, we were able to appropriate funds to this, uh, state dollars to this fund, so that uh, starting July 1st, there will actually be a million dollars this year and another million dollars added next year to help offset the expenses related to behind-the-wheel driving hours for older foster youth so that they can get their 50 required hours more easily. Um, And then again, to help offset some of those insurance costs, because what we find is that when a young person who's aging out of foster care goes to access auto insurance, they typically are purchasing Uh, They're self-insuring. They're purchasing a single-person auto policy, very different from their non-foster peers who are able to be added on to a parent policy. And what we find is that by purchasing their 
own policy, they typically are paying three to four times as much as their non-foster care peers. And so our hope is through the resources in the Ensuring Foster Youth Trust Fund, we'll be able to help young people complete all of their required behind-the-wheel driving hours with a certified instructor and offset some of that differential costing that they cost that they may run into when they go to access auto insurance. Also say, too, uh, that uh, also on the Senate Enrolled Act uh, 151 also uh, expands the foster care tax credit program. It does. Um, so the, the program was originally established two years ago and was set to sunset next year. And so we were able to extend that through 2028. And this provides a state tax credit to individuals who make uh, individuals and organizations who make contributions to approved nonprofit organizations. There's about a dozen of us out there, including Foster Success, that when you make a contribution um, to our organization, you can qualify for uh, a tax credit when you go to file um, your your taxes next year. Um, and we're hoping to grow the list. There's a couple hundred organizations who could benefit from this. Um, we just need them to apply through the state so that they can offer this tax credit to their donors as well. Our guest on the program today is Maggie Stevens. She is the head of Foster Success. They work with uh, foster children. Uh, a lot of older foster kids help them transition into adulthood. We're talking today about a number of issues uh, concerning uh, foster kids and foster and children in foster care. Um, also, I want to say, uh, Maggie, uh, the one thing that 151 does, which I think is actually kind of kind of cool, uh, is provides free access to state parks and other DNR properties. Yes. So that's the, the last piece of the bill. Um, and we were really excited. There was a Girl Scout troop in Fishers, Indiana. And last year, they discovered this need for foster families after doing some work with some other organizations in their communities. So they reached out to their state representative and their state senator, who happened to be Kyle Walker, who was working with us on the legislation that I've already described. And so he was able to bring their ideas and their work into the work that we we already had moving forward. And so it was a great collaboration over the past year. And as a result, again, as of July 1st, all foster families and older foster youth who aren't in a foster care placement but might be living independent, independently will be able to access state park passes um, so that they at no cost so that they can go in and enjoy um, the, part, the state parks and other DNR resources across the state. Meg, let me ask you, uh, how have attitudes uh, towards foster care changed over the past 10, 15, say maybe 20, 30 years? Goodness. Um, you know, I've been working in this space for about five or six years. And what I find every time I talk about the work that we do at Foster Success is, you know, people are just, they're like, oh, I didn't really think about what happened when somebody turned 18. Um, they often think about younger children who are in foster care placements that who might, um, you know, end up being adopted, hopefully will be returned back to their family with the support that they need. Um, but they often don't think about the fact that, you know, we have young people every day turning 18 in foster care. In Indiana, one of the things that I will say has um, been tremendous over the past several years is our extension of foster care services. 
So one of the biggest changes that I think people would be surprised or may not be aware of is, you know, 10, 15 years ago, when somebody turned 18, they truly were on their own. And through the work of our state leaders and our federal leaders, we have actually been able to extend foster care services and supports at various levels up until 21, 23, and some programs even going up to age 26 to really help with that uh, transition into adulthood and ensure that our young people are moving from what likely was a case-managed childhood into a truly independent, successful adulthood where they're working towards the goals that they have set for themselves. And and speaking of that, uh, I want to say you folks do a lot of work in the workforce readiness universe. We do. We um, we are fortunate enough. So we have a number of programs. Again, we're, we're providing all sorts of support and resources for young people. And so if you think about anything that you might have needed when you were 18 or 21 or even 25 years old as you were, you know, going out on your own, um, we try to provide those supports for young people. And so whether that person is looking to go to college, um, we can so we have programs to support them through that process, both financially and with human support. And the same thing for those who are going directly into the workforce. We try to do work to help them meet their needs today and also plan for the future. So if somebody needs to find employment so that they can pay their bills today, um, we help them find that job that they can get today. And then we work with them and we talk with them about what their longer term goals for work are. And we try to get them connected to training programs, certification programs. If they you know, are interested and want to enroll in college, we, we get them connected to those resources. Again, we really want to set a path and build a path with them that helps them achieve their goals. So again, we meet them where they are, help them build that path, and then move along that path to achieve their goals. Because I want to say, uh, when it comes to areas like, say, financial empowerment or educational success, a lot of things that we would normally get from our, say, quote-unquote, uh, traditional you know, family, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that uh, foster success sort of steps up and steps in and takes the place uh, of the, not necessarily of, of a mom and dad per se, but helps kids be on that path, like you said, you know, to empowerment, to success, to workforce readiness. Absolutely. And and you're absolutely right. We never would say, you know, we're coming in to replace a parent, but we do want to provide some of those same, same supports that a parent may have provided for young people. And so you, you hit the nail on the head. We're doing workforce readiness. We're working on educational success, both with completing high school and moving on to whatever that might be after high school. Those are our goals for our young people. Um, and then financial empowerment. We're doing everything from teaching financial literacy, helping young people understand the basic building blocks around savings and good debt and credit. We have a credit building program to help young people establish credit in a really low risk low risk and supportive program um, because many of them end up being unduly penalized because they don't have an adult who will co-sign on that first car loan or that first lease. And so they're being expected to pay higher interest rates, higher fees, put down higher security deposits because they are on their own. And so we're trying to put programs in place that reduce the likelihood that they will run into those obstacles and that they can be on their way to success. Uh, speaking of uh, the uh, education success, financial empowerment, and workforce readiness, do you guys do classes for adults? Because I got some, <laughs> I got some older cousins who could probably really use your help right now. 
Yeah, I think lots of people probably could use those benefits, um, you know, and I think there's some resources out there. And um, hopefully our young people can help spread the word and, and maybe they'll be teaching your your family and friends soon. <laughs> it can't happen soon enough. Uh, Maggie Stevens with us for a few more minutes uh, on the program today. Uh, Maggie, uh, any sort of thing that you folks had hoped to accomplish uh, with foster kids this year uh, that just didn't quite get through because of, you know, session, all the other things or or what maybe some or maybe the other way to phrase that, what are some of your long term or some of your goals for like later this year and next year? Oh, absolutely. So we we were very pleased and excited with the way session went, um, especially with en- Senate Enrolled Act 151. Um, there's also an appropriation in the budget uh, that came under the direction of the lieutenant governor to start building more resources for housing transition. That's an area we see a lot of young people needing support in. Um, so she was able to work with Senate and House leaders to put a $5 million appropriation in the budget, um, specifically to grow housing resources for young people transitioning out of foster care. So we were really excited about all of those things. Some of the other things, you know, that I think we started looking at this session based upon feedback from our young people that really didn't get the traction we would hope and and that we'll continue working on are related to legal representation of youth in foster care. There's a number of people involved in these different conversations. And the reality is that there are some supports out there through other programs for young people, but the 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 teenager the child the person in foster care is the only party in the case that is not automatically assigned uh, a lawyer and so what one of the things we really want to work on with our older foster youth in particular is ensuring that they have legal representation as they move through their court proceedings um, to ensure that their voices are heard that um, that they are empowered to speak up and be present in court. And so that's something that I know we have a coalition of young people that we work with who are very interested in continuing the work on that. And so I wouldn't be surprised if you see something coming next session and and probably in the future to, to move that idea along. All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been Maggie Stevens. She is with Foster Success, uh, chalking up a couple wins uh, this legislative session. So, Maggie, uh, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, nothing but the best of luck to you, your organization, and all the and all the, and by the way, uh, Yeoman's job to all the hard work you guys do for the thousands of kids in foster care here in Indiana. Thank you so much. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.